Introducing the Glorious Living Podcast, a ministry of Ruwak and Jasmine Ministries, where we provide biblical insights on God's designs and purpose for your magnificent life. Here's your host, Jasmine Ford. So today I want to talk to you about Kanye. Um, if you're like me and you only listen to Christian music uh, or gospel music, then you may or may not know who he is. But you notice I didn't say his last name. So um, whenever you speak about an artist and you only mention them by first name and the whole world stands to his attention, then they must be doing something. But Kanye is a critically acclaimed hip-hop artist. Um, he's sold over 140 million records. He's won 21 Grammy Awards, which is the most of this generation. And he's a fashion designer. And so when he speaks, the world listens. Well, recently, he um, actually said, I am a Christian. He has professed his faith in Jesus Christ. And the whole world has taken notice. Now, as I said before, I don't listen to his music. I know who he is. Um, but like I said before, he is prolific and he's very popular. And so when he has professed his faith in Jesus Christ and the whole world is talking about it, it's something to discuss because I have been completely shocked um, of the response that people are uh, giving to him from the Christian kingdom. Now, I kind of expect it from all of his fans. I mean, he probably has 100 million fans um, all over the world. And for him to say, I am now a Christian, they feel like they're losing someone. Of course, because his entire focus has changed and he's talking more about Jesus Christ. He's asking his wife, who is a very beautiful woman, but he's asking his wife to dress a little less provocatively because that he's been convicted of the, of the Holy Spirit. He's being convicted by what he's reading in the Bible and he's changing his life little by little. And so, of course, I understand his fans being very confused um, and feeling like uh, they've been betrayed. I understand that because the Bible also says that the gospel of Jesus Christ is foolishness to those who do not believe. So we should expect that. But what I'm a little concerned about are, are, is the response that we're getting from the Christian kingdom, the Christian community. Um, it's, it's really surprising. I mean, there's such a... There, on one end, um, there are people who are supportive and are trying to rally around him. And I know that he has a, a pastor who um, is his mentor, who has been training him in the word of God and, and teaching him and discipling him, which is such a beautiful thing because I know a lot of Christians who are believers, have been believers for many years and are not being discipled. So that is a beautiful thing. Um, but on the other end, we have this almost severe antagonism against him, um, this disbelief that he really is Christian and almost, um, I don't know what it is, but this is extreme antagonism is all I can call it. But I, I want us to, to call, go back to the word of God and just remember a couple of things. We don't want to forget that, the, forget the power of God. I think maybe we are in the Christian faith so long, you know, God is always warning us about returning to our first love. Like not being complacent, um, not getting too comfortable, not forgetting the fire and the zeal that you once had. And I think sometimes in that, we forget that there is a power that God has to transform people's lives. And we should see more Kanye's. We should see, uh, um, I, I heard that uh, Justin Bieber has professed his faith in Jesus Christ, that he won't sing his old songs. Um, I've heard that Lamar Odom, 
has professed his faith in Jesus Christ. We, sh we should see this happen more and more and more often because we can't forget that the power of God is here. He is here to transform lives. And there's a transformative power. Um, when, when someone finally submits and says, says, I give my life to my Lord Jesus Christ, he is the Messiah, there should be a transformation. And I don't want us to forget that because sometimes, I mean, I've been to churches before where, you know, if you were a horrible sinner, and I'm talking about like, I mean, sinning is horrible, of course, but I'm just saying, you know, there's some people that do it really well. And so they're out there and they're, you know, doing all kinds of uh, vile sins. And then they come to the faith. Um, it's almost, I, I've seen responses where some Christians are, um, I don't know, they're just, I don't know, almost angry that this person too um, was able to be saved. And they give them a hard time and don't feel like they could ever be fit for any kind of position in the church, no matter how much fruit is being displayed because of what you once were or what you once did. And I think they're forgetting what the gospel is, what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. The gospel of Jesus Christ is simple. It's Jesus Christ crucified on the cross, dying for our sins, being raised up on the third day, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus Christ is the only mediator between God and man. And if you say that you want to go to heaven, the only way to get there is through the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think we, f we forget that there should be a transformation and that we should be excited. The Bible says that when one sinner comes back to the Lord or comes to the Lord, that the angels in heaven are, are, are praising the Lord, praising God and excited. They're having a, a praise party up there. How much more should we get excited about that? I want to uh, call your attention, if you will open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. It's the story about the prodigal son. And um, in the story, um, there's an um, older son and a younger son. And the younger son just comes to his father one day and says, you know what? I want my, my inheritance. Now, he's not supposed to get his inheritance until his father passes and dies. And then, then whatever the father had saved up for him, he passes on to his children. But the son's like, I don't want to wait. I just, I just want it now and, and just give it to me. So the, the father gives the younger son his inheritance. So the younger son goes off to a faraway land and just spends it on riotous living is what the Bible calls it and so he's just out there doing the do and so the bible talks about um that the son was uh, spending so much of his money that all of a sudden he had no money and there's a drought in the land and there's no money left to be had and so he's hungry he's poor he's destitute and so and the, the only job that he could find was um feeding pigs and the and the people didn't give him any food they just you know gave him food to feed the pigs and he was so hungry they ended up um, eating the the food the slop that the pigs were eating let's start reading in luke chapter 15 verse 16 and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. 
And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Um, what I love is that this is, I believe, the only time in scriptures where, because um, it's almost like the father himself in, in this parable is um, a, like a symbolism, archetype of, the, of God. And it's the only symbolism where God is running to his creation, he's running to someone. Um, the, the the son didn't even get a chance to to say his speech that he prepared. But God is always looking on the horizon for you. He's always looking on the horizon because um, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you. And so everyone in the world has the opportunity to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so it's a picture of God standing on the horizon, looking out, waiting for you to come back. And when he sees him afar off, he runs to him. I mean, it doesn't even say the son had a chance to speak, give that beautiful speech that he had all prepared to, to say to his father. His father just ran and kissed and loved upon him. And I think that is the picture of what we should be doing. When someone comes to the faith, we should be running and, and, and praising God and loving on them and helping them and helping to disciple them or just praying for them. I don't, I don't know who you know who has been out in the world and has come back. But sometimes the reception that we get is not a godly one. And so let's jump down um, because what the father does, the father ends up, um, uh, the, the father says to his son in uh, verse 22, but the father said to the servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted cow, because he hath received him safe and sound. Oh, the elder son, he's angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fetid cow. And he said unto him, Son, Thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. I want, I want to ask you, Art, when, when, we, when people found out that Kanye gave his life to the Lord, um, were, did we have the response of the Father, who is a, a, a symbolism for God, running to um, a, a, a repentant person and hugging and loving and kissing on them and, and, and making merry and being excited and having a praise party because this person was lost and they're, they were now found? Or do we have the response of the eldest son who was angry and he said, you know, I've been working for you. I never did anything wrong. I followed all your commandments and you're, and we've been fattening up this calf for a special occasion and you're going to give this fatted cow to him. What response do we have? Because our hearts should be um, the heart that, that, that God has for his creation, for those that he has died for. Our hearts should be I am so excited that you came back. I am so excited. I'm going to pray for you. What can I do? Let's have a party. Let's have a praise 
praise party. And that should be our heart. But that hasn't been the heart. And if it, and if you're more of the, the eldest son and, and think there should be uh, retribution for all the things wrong that they did and there should be um, some sort of, of accounting, there is. There is a cost to sin. There is a cost. But God says, I have the gospel that says, whosoever will come, let them come. And our hearts should be soft towards those who are coming back to the faith. I also want to call your attention to, to Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. And this is the parable of the, the workers in the field. So I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit. Um, verses 1 through 16. So it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And so the story goes on to say that he went out on the third hour and got got um, got more laborers to work and and uh, decided on an amount. You know, you're going to work for a penny a day. And they said, okay. And then he went out. Again, the sixth hour and the ninth hour and the eleventh hour and found others who were idly standing by and said to them, why do you stand here all day? They said, because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when the evening time came and it was time to pay out and give everyone what they were due. Let's jump down to verse eight. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said to the steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour. They've only worked for one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I, did, do, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that which is thine, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. He said, this is God speaking. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few are chosen. And so, again, is our heart that for those who have been laboring in the faith for many, many, many years. And uh, we look up and all of a sudden someone else comes in to the, in the later hour on their deathbed or in the latter years of their lives and they commit their lives to the Lord. God says that whosoever comes, let them come. And he says he has the same reward for us all, that whosoever believes in him on Jesus Christ, they shall be saved and they will spend eternity in heaven with God. And so that reward is for whosoever will come. And so our heart is, is our heart that we're murmuring against those who are coming in the later hour and we're saying, oh, they're getting the same reward as us. Our heart shouldn't be that way. God said that your eye is, is your eye evil? Because are you excited the way I'm excited that they actually came and worked in my vineyard? You know, when you see a vineyard uh, in the, in the Bible, he's talking about working in the, in, in, for God's kingdom. And once you come into the vineyard, no matter what hour you come in, you're going to get the same reward. But if our heart is salty against people who come in the later hour, we have to we have to judge ourselves and check ourselves and say, you know what? I want to have the heart of God. That whosoever will come, let them come. I'm going to have a praise praise party if they come at the third hour, the eleventh hour, at the very last minute before before the clock strikes midnight. I'm going to be excited and have the heart that that my Lord God has.
And so the the last one is um, I want to share with you like whenever when when I first started reading the Bible, I went through Psalms and I went through the Book of Proverbs. And so my favorite 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 Psalm is just actually Psalm one. It's actually my life scripture. Um, how I base you know, my hard decisions. And if I'm struggling in an area, I always go back to the Psalm and it just kind of gives me the path in which I should walk on and keeps that path narrow for me. But Psalm one says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish." The first part says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I wonder um, how many believers were sitting in the, the seat of the scornful and stood and are standing in the way of sinners. You know, I've been a part of a church where it was weird, um, where when people would try to come to the faith, they were punished and they were they were. Um, looked out upon as people who did not have integrity, who were not fit for the kingdom of God, who were not fit for any kind of position, no matter how much fruit they were bearing in the kingdom. It didn't matter because people would always call into to your remembrance the things of the past, things you did in the past. The Bible says that God forgets our sins as far as the east is from the west. And so we shall be like that too. When someone comes to the faith, we shouldn't be waiting for them to mess up and, and, and pointing a finger at them and I know what you did. And has, if they're not worthy, none of us were worthy. None of us are, are worthy. God just in his grace, graciousness and his mercy has said, whosoever wants to come, let them come. And when I see you on the horizon, I'm going to run to you. And I want our, us to have that heart for Kanye, for Justin Bieber, who I heard has given his life to Jesus Christ, for Lamar Odom, all these stars who you may have seen their life played out in the media and you've seen the good, bad and the ugly. But let's be like uh, let's have the heart that God has when, when you see them on the horizon and they're, and you see them turning this way. Just open your arms and love on them and fall upon their necks and kiss them. And, and if you're close to them, disciple them. If you're not close to them, but you think about them, pray for them. But have the heart and do not be like the older son in the, in the, the prodigal son parable who was angry and didn't even want to enter into the, to, to the joy of the Lord, did not want to, to have fun and, and, and have a praise party for his brother who was lost and is now found. And don't be like those who were the workers in the vineyard who have been laboring and working all these years and now here you come at the last hour and you're supposed to get what I get. Let's not have that heart either. either. Let's have a heart that Jesus has. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come back um, to, for a church that is without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And I don't want any spots or wrinkles in me. And so if that is my heart and your heart clenches when you hear that a Kanye or a Lamar Odom or a Justin Bieber has given their life to the Lord, then let's just go back and say, Lord, give me the heart that you would have me to have. Let me remember that the gospel is for everyone. It is for the opportunity for redemption. The gospel is not a guarantee that everyone's going to come. It is the opportunity to come and to be redeemed 
And so we're supposed to forget the former things and to press in with them and walk alongside with them. And so I just want to take this time to encourage you to pray for all of those who are coming back to the faith and to check our hearts so that when they do come back, they come back to a people who are with a, a church that is without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, a people who are loving, who are kind, who are graceful and merciful and have not forgotten that the power of God is the power to change and transform lives. And the mercy of God is there for those who have a horrible past and don't even want to look at it anymore because God doesn't look at it anymore, but we should not either. And so let's remember the power of God and the mercy of God. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Glorious Living Podcast. We pray you have been inspired to share the gospel, walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit, and to shine brightly for Jesus. For more resources, check out our website at ruwalkandjasmine.com. Remember, Jesus loves you and Jesus is Lord.